0: All right, well, hey, we are here with our Sermon Recap Podcast. I am the poor man's David Barrett, filling in for him. I think he's enjoying some time with his family. But we have Dave Rhodes here all the way through the internet in Atlanta, Georgia. Dave, how are you, man? Hey, everyone. Good to uh, be with you, Pierce, and uh, doing well. I was on a 3.30 wake-up call from San Francisco today,
1: early flight. So I'm not really sure where I'm at, but that's all
0: right. Man, you are at that place where you're just getting all those... Delta miles. So just, you know, that's, that's the silver side of it. That's the three thirty (laughs) side.
1: Yeah, I guess so.
0: Um, Well, man, Hey, uh, thank you again. We, we have been so blessed just by you, you being with us and um, particularly sharing on self-control. And so as we do, we, we give uh, sort of our congregation the opportunity to ask some questions. And so I'm just going to start off uh, with one of the questions we got And the first one is is self-control is a fruit, and we can't bear it ourselves. You know, that's uh, John 15, and and you mentioned that. But but then what is our role in self-control?
1: Yeah, I I mean, it's called self-control, right? (laughs) Right. It does seem like we have a role. (laughs) Right. Uh, God control. Right, yeah. (laughs) I mean— Well, with everything in faith, God's the initiator of things. He's the one um, who produces the fruit. The Spirit of God produces the fruit in us. Uh, But our cooperation has an impact on the way that fruit is produced in us. We can either join with God in what he desires to do, wants to do, or we can get in the way of what God wants to do, um, or just simply ignore it altogether. Um, and so I, 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 would, I would put our role as cooperation with the Spirit of God, surrendering to what God wants to do, and then embracing uh, what God is doing and partnering with Him uh, for the creation of those things. Uh, but I think it's important, you know, when Jesus says, you know, I, I'm the vine, you're the branches— Apart from me, you can do nothing. We don't actually believe that, right? We always think there's lots of things I can do. Yeah. Uh, but but uh, what he, what he's saying there isn't anything good that's going to come out of you uh, is going to be initiated by me. And you can either partner with that. Um, again, Jesus's analogy is he's the vine where the branches. So there's a partnership between vine and branches. Uh, but the initiator of that is is God Himself.
0: Yeah, that's good. And, and this might lead into kind of my next question because I I. I think you're spot on just in our culture today it's hard to comprehend us not doing something to achieve something in return right i mean we constantly live in a culture in which we always are looking to invest and then receive invest receive yet like you said that's the antithesis that's the opposite of the gospel the gospel is that we have been given right we don't we don't put in effort we don't bear fruit ourselves, but instead the fruit comes through obedience in the spirit. And so it kind of leaves us almost feeling like we're just twiddling our thumbs in a way, and and that doesn't seem to work out in how our society is structured. And yet, I think self-control is uniquely challenging in 2023. And I don't know if it's social media, I don't know if it's the age of the internet and accessibility, but what do you think, or are there any unique challenges to self-control, particularly in our culture? or in our, you know, age of 2023.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I I, I actually like the translation of self-mastery mm. better than self-control. Uh, it's a sense of knowing who God is, knowing who you are, uh, a sense of uh, becoming who God has dreamed you or destined you to be, and the freedom to actually step into that and do that and not settle, or for, settle for lesser versions of who God has made you to be. And so there's this sense of, Uh, You can think about the Christian life this way, it's about um, uh, learning more and more about who God is, learning more and more about who I am, so I can surrender more and more of who I am to more and more of Mm. who God is. Uh, One Presbyterian pastor said it this way, said you can only surrender as much as you know about yourself to as much as you know about God. So it's that ongoing discipline. And and I think, you know, discipline is part of the Christian life. You can't actually even think about discipleship without discipline. That is, I mean, they come from the same idea. Uh, And so, you know, I, I don't have any control of my natural born talent as an athlete. But I can discipline that talent mm-hmm. in a way that uh, matures it in a way that uh, takes advantage of what I was created with. So we don't get a chance to, to do the creation, but we do get a chance to do the partnership. And discipline's part of that whole thing. And unfortunately, discipline's been one of those things that's left out of uh, our understanding of freedom today. We think freedom's the ability to do anything you wanna do versus the capability to become who god's always created you to be and so we in our society have um somehow manufactured a false freedom that doesn't require discipline and i think that would be foreign to the world of the bible or to the thoughts of jesus on what true freedom actually looks like and not only that we've gone a little bit further in our society um and we've made outrage the new rage i mean i wrote an article probably two years ago like don't make outrage the next rage um, and so everyone's outraged about something, and it's almost uh, we glorify being out of control um, or we glorify this sense of outrage, and there are things to be outraged about, so I don't want to, you know, sure. neglect that. There are some things that—but but you can't be outraged about everything all the time, uh, and somehow we've made that normal and we've called that freedom.
0: Yeah, I've, I've heard it said that, you know— it, In America, we always view freedom as a freedom to, right? So we have a freedom to bear arms. We have a freedom to say whatever we want. But but biblical freedom is a freedom from, right? It's a freedom from the bondage of slave. And and that's drastically different. And and both are freedoms. Both are freedoms I'm sure that you and I are grateful for. But albeit different, right? And so.
1: Yeah. Freedom from and I'd say freedom for. Yeah. You know, what, what are you set free for? Uh, and what are you set free from? So we're set free from bondage, but we're set free for the good work
0: that God's been in God's imagination from uh, the beginning of time. Yeah, I love that. I love that. Hey, so one of the things that, that we got a question on, and I, I really loved this point, and just— The the way that you brought in the story of Job uh, was was really, really impactful just to my own listening. But the question is, you know, you talked about consequences and sufferings and and in my notes, you said that consequences is my life falls apart because of a bad decision I made. And then you sort of juxtapose that to suffering, which is my life falls apart despite making good decisions. And so the question is, why would someone experience suffering because they do something good? Yeah, I mean, so Job sets in
1: the Scripture as wisdom literature as a corrective to what— I'm going to give you some big words here. It's called Deuteronomic Theology. Deuteronomic Theology is basically the idea, if I walk away from God, then you know I experience despair and destruction and uh, devastation and death. And we see that from Genesis 3 on. Um, and Deuteronomic Theology says if I walk toward God— then I'm going to gain blessing and I'm you know uh, success and different things like that and that that is generally true, that is generally true. So the more that I walk toward God, the more blessed my life, more blessing my life exudes. This is Abrahamic uh, Genesis chapter twelve um, promise that God that God makes. However, there's always exceptions to the rule, um, and so what happened in Israel is that people began to reason backward from that Deuteronomic theology. So it was like this, if if your life's falling apart, it's because you've done something bad. If your life's falling, if, if your life's going well, it's because you've done something good. So they reasoned backward. Yeah. Job stands as a contradiction to that necessary one to say, sometimes you follow God and everything falls apart. Mm. Um, and so I, what I was trying to do is to say, you know, Uh, When we face circumstances in our life, sometimes those circumstances are made from my own choosing um, and their consequences that, you know, I I, want to do whatever I want, then not suffer any consequences or get God to deliver me from consequences. And the truth is, you know, even as a Christian, when we make bad decisions, we're going to experience consequences for those things. But sometimes when you follow God, your life gets harder. Sometimes you get poorer. Sometimes you go through difficult kinds of things the Bible has a term for that. It's called suffering. And so what I was trying to distinguish is um, following God is not a hall pass from experiencing challenges in your life. It's not a hall pass to just say everything's always up and to the right. Sure. Sometimes following God leads you down and to the left. Um, <laughs> and and, and uh, it's not because God's masochistic and he's right. trying to bring bad things upon you. Uh, but what you'll find is all throughout scripture, Um, those who suffer well come out with a testimony, um, and they realize some things that God's placed in them that they may not even realize any other way. So what, what I was trying to convey is that God's not the cause of our suffering, but he is an opportunist in the middle of our suffering. He will jump in and in the midst of it, and he'll pull things out of us that we didn't know that were there. He'll do things in us that we didn't know he could do, and he'll demonstrate something through us that we would never have imagined.
0: And it's interesting. I've thought about this before. I think anyone would be hard-pressed to find a hero of the faith or a personal hero of the faith, right? Who Who is this most spiritually wise person you know? I think the direct correlation, there's almost always been significant tragedy right. that they've walked yeah. through. And it is, it's, yeah. it's a refining process. But it's interesting talking about Self discipline, like I'll be honest, when I think about, um, sorry, um, self control, when I think about self control, I almost always go to cravings, right? W- which was one third of sort of the point you made, but I don't often think about self control in times of suffering, right? And, and so, w- why do you think it's, I guess, so important? to acknowledge that in times of suffering, we saw this with the life of Job and his his wife particularly, why it's so important, though, to not abandon our faith and to continue to pursue self-control in those situations.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, one thing that I was trying to bring out in the message is that pain, like you were talking about, both makes great Christians, followers of God, but it also makes great atheists, Yeah, and, and all of that is really determined on our response to the suffering. We live in a broken world. Broken things are going to happen um, in, in the midst of that. We, we, like I said, we don't have a hall pass from experiencing brokenness, um, but we do have a choice in the middle of it. Um, I, I love uh, Philip Yancey has been a, a, a fundamental voice in my mm-hmm. life. Um, from when I was in college reading his books. And one of the most important books that I, I've read in, in my tenure is "Disappointment with God that he wrote. And he deals with the problem of pain. Um, and his, his, his end game is, uh, at the end of the book, and I don't want to spoil it in case you haven't read it, but the end game is this. Uh, you can either be disappointed with God or you can be disappointed without God. Either way, you're going to be disappointed. <laughs> either yeah. way, you're going to experience brokenness. Either way, you're going to experience pain in your life. Um, and authors like him, authors like C.S. Lewis, uh, they have an incredible way of helping us see this as, as a gift um, for, for what God does in us and, and makes uh, through us. And so for me, it was during one of the most painful seasons of my life that I stepped into the goodness of God before that painful moment. I knew that God was right, but I didn't really believe he was good. I thought he was just kind of you know, arbitrarily right, and my job was to follow him. But I bumped into the goodness of God in one of the most difficult valley moments of my life, and I've never,
0: got, I've never gotten over that. Yeah, that's like, I'm not sure if you're familiar with Pete Scazzaro and Emotional Healthy Discipleship, but yeah. he talks about you, you hit the wall, right? And, and everyone yeah. hits the wall. It's inevitable, but your response to the wall... Right. is where you, you have a, a choice and, and you yeah. know, you are able to choose self-control or yeah. you can choose total loss of control and, you know, then that's where yeah. you almost go back into cravings yeah. and, yeah.
1: Yeah, I mean, when I, when I was thinking about putting the message together, I was like, all right, when are the times that I lose control of myself? Mm-hmm. One, uh, it's when, you know, I have urges inside of me that I think God's not going to meet that I've got to meet on my own. The other is, you know, when I get into circumstances that make me think bad things about God or bad things about who I am, I have a tendency to, you know, try and, con- you know, control it myself and manufacture and get upset when things don't go the right way. And then the last one uh, was when I get in conflict with other people, you know, on a drive home from Atlanta. Like, how can, you know, how can I lose my self-mastery in a 45-minute drive? from the airport, but it happens very easily and very, very quickly. And so I I was thinking about those things and then, you know, you know, letting the the Bible inform those things and just seeing those trends all throughout. Well, man, you know, no one ever sins because they just want to choose sin. A lot of times you don't sin till you first dress it up as good. So what makes you dress it up as good? Well, it's when, you know, your cravings or your circumstances or your conflict in your life isn't going the way that you want it to then all of a sudden it does something in you uh, that you can either choose to bring to God or you can choose to walk away from God with
0: yeah man that's so so good <clears throat> well Dave hey I appreciate you taking time just to continue to just help us be formed in the spirit of God and and helping us just walk through uh, just what it means to be people of Self control, and so we love having you. Uh, if you ever want to move to Dallas, you said it before we started recording. Our traffic is better. Um, it is better, yeah. And we have wonderful summers. Okay, you'll love it. You'll love the summers yeah. here if you like hot. your skin to boil. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, very right. very hot. But it's hot, you know. It's- hotlanta that's what it's, we call it hotlanta for a reason too so that's true that's true so well then in that case all you're missing is the traffic so come on down yeah <laughs> <All> <laughs> right. well man hey take care and have a good rest of your night and we hope to see you back soon
1: great thanks pierce love always being with you guys great great time there at the heights and uh i'm so uh, honored to be part of what god's doing there